The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 198th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz and I am the host of this lovely show. And joining with me as always is my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? I am doing great. I am happy as a clam. I am, um, I am... It, you know, uh, I am just trying to be in a really good place. I tell people, I, and we were just talking about social media and how I, I just saw a post that's like, hey, you know, are anybody getting burnt out on social media? I'm like, I don't, for me, that's not possible because I'm a social butterfly. I like to see what everybody's doing. But yeah, I see some people seem to be getting burnt out on the social media, quote unquote, wars. I guess that's the way to put it. And I'm just like. It's fun to watch. That's all I I can say. But in the end, it's just if it's too much for you, back away. That's all I can say as as a as a person that is self-professed addicted to his phone. I will tell you, you know, because you know this physician does not heal himself thyself. I will tell you, just step away from the phone. I can't. So you should do it for me. Right, exactly, uh, and that the, the whole reason that we brought that up was because of, um, and this will we won't be on this tangent long, much long, but like basically Meta just as we're recording this, like we are recording this right after Dynamite uh, that just aired, but then also uh, Threads, which is the answer to Twitter that's been launched by Meta, aka Facebook, aka Mark Zuckerberg, that just launched, and people are now jumping over and sharing the downfall of Elon Musk and uh, Twitter. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but I was just like, yay, we get to learn another social media platform. It's like, which I basically only use for work. So I'm just basically sitting here being like, we'll see if I have to use this for work now. See, I'm old. So I honestly treat my Facebook like Twitter. Uh, I think yesterday I posted about, uh, not liking coffee that tastes like coffee. And I posted about, you know, it was one of those get rid of these one of these Fourth of July foods. And I always get a lot of interaction on Facebook. I get more just consistent interaction on Facebook because I'm old than I do on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I 
my two ones I used for Twitter and Instagram, and like I slowly moved away from Twitter unless I'm doing like looking at work stuff or wrestling stuff. That's it. Because other than that, nothing. Yeah, Instagram. Instagram is basically the main one I use just because it's more fun. And most of the time, Twitter. I talk to Tiffany on Twitter, and I talk, I talk to you to, on Twitter, and I talk to Jackie on Twitter. That's what Twitter's for. It's for the people I talk to through Twitter. Uh, there are some people that I only message through Twitter. So if like, like we're out and like I need to text them directly, I, I literally don't know their number. So it's kind of funny. It's it's always kind of funny to me because I'm like I don't know your number. I just hit them up on Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into this episode of All Things Elite. We want to apologize real quick again. We were a little bit behind on this because timing just wasn't working out for us. And we, like, we're like we still getting used to trying to figure out when to release new episodes with the addition of Collision and when we're trying to get the timing right. So right now we're recording this right after Dynamite. This could be what we end up doing it as um, from the going future. We're going to figure that out eventually. Uh, but we're basically going to focus mostly on just uh, Dynamite, which just happened, and last week's Collision, and then preview like Rampage and Collision for this upcoming week. Uh, but we're gonna mention a couple things uh, from the previous Dynamite, but like only the main stuff because that Dynamite was a bit of a. Uh, it was one you could honestly, I feel like, maybe pass on. But before we get into everything, we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us. Give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and also subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can also leave a rating and a review, and it really does help us out. And speaking of our talks of social media, we are on Twitter at ATElitePod. Um, you can also follow at Social Suplex, who make this show possible, and you should follow them and also check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Um, and then I'm also at szoomer4 also on Instagram or whatever else things that you try to find me on. But the big news of the week was the official release of AEW Fight Forever on all gaming platforms, whether it be PC, whether it be Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, Series SX, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5. Uh, it finally came out i'm actually gonna look this up if you know it off the top of your head um uh what was the uh what was the date that they released uh AEW games as a first ever uh press conference because i gotta remember what it because i it was when cody was still there and it was very early on uh, uh when it they was in new, november 2020 that november was 2020 was when that happened which it was so really close to three years really close. so cl like again yeah so close to that but like it was considering that was when we first had the AEW games presser where they all they had to show basically at that point was we're working on a mobile like gm mode and then also like casino a, video game app that we just basically have to put out and like a game is coming and this is what i will tell everyone about the game I someone that I know that is really into gaming and stuff like they play everything they they look at refresh rate and stuff they's like think think about what they said they said a game was coming they didn't know what they wanted it to be yet they knew they they wanted the no mercy engine that's all they knew 
They didn't know who was, they didn't know the roster. They didn't know anything. It was just like, it'd be like someone saying, you know what? I want to build a plane or I, I want to build a house and I wanted to look like the full house house. And that's where, that's all they had. So they didn't have, they hadn't had a designer, director, anything like that at the time. It was just like a game is coming and they kind of had a logo for AEW games. Getting it, like the deciding what you want it to be, getting it developed, ready for all the gaming systems in under three years from the, the from the beginning, um, is actually pretty like really good. Like that's from like creation to game, uh, game being you know made. It's three under three years. That's actually pretty good. Now, the one thing I thought they could have done at the beginning, and this is completely hindsight being 2020, say, hey, the game is coming. It's going to be a while. You know what I mean? Yeah, from the jump. Yeah, just be like, at minimum two years. You know what I mean? Say something like that, you know? So people are like, man, this game, you know me, I was getting frustrated in the amount of games. But I don't know games, right? My Madden comes every year. Right, that's what I play every year. That's my yearly game, and generally, I will hear about a game like, like Harry Potter Legacy, which I definitely Hogwarts Legacy, which I definitely plan on playing eventually. I was excited about that. I heard about it in like November. As far as they were concerned, the game was basically made. They were putting on the uh, last touches. That's when you generally hear about a game. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh. Hey, a game's coming. We don't even. We literally don't even know what we're gonna call it yet. You know what I mean? It's like, like so. I don't well, know. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it's been that long, and you know, we finally got it in our hands and everything like that. I will say, it feels nice just to have, and all like, it's the same feeling I had when AEW first started. It's nice to have an alternative. It was always frustrating in the fact that like there was basically one big wrestling video game every year it's the only wrestling game now i love uh uh, fire pro wrestling i I do enjoy fire pro wrestling um but there's not a ton of licensed wrestlers you have to create a lot of those yourselves and i'm not creative like that i normally have to like download stuff um so wwe was really where the 2k games was what i had to basically just be okay with so having an alternative is is much needed because like i said that just helps you know if i'm in the mood for simulation wrestling i'll play 2k if i'm in the mood for arcadey stuff i'll play fight forever that's how that will go um now we're, we're just going to talk basically real quick just with us having just, our hands on the game just for a little our bit. We're experience not gonna, yeah, just just yeah. early thoughts and stuff like that i'm having a lot of fun with it um yes the creation suite is incredibly limited absolutely it's one of the more disappointing things about it but i expect more to be added to it this like from everything that i've heard kenny omega talk about it and the way that they've promoted this game is that they are adding to this for the foreseeable future we will get significant content patches and updates and stuff like that going forward they are not after how long it took them to release this game a sequel will not be coming for quite some time i will say they are going to make sure they are going to keep this game updated as much as humanly possible because they don't, th- I don't think they have the manpower to make another game and yeah. turn it around like like Madden, like 2K, like all those types of stuff. 
Stadium Stampede apparently is supposed to be like their biggest piece of the game, and it's not even done yet. So mm-hmm. exactly. that's that's supposed to be like a huge interactive piece where you can have up to thirty people wrestling. It's gonna be. It seems like it's gonna be fun. Uh, they're gonna, you know, like pretty much everybody on the roster. You know, as many people as they can get are gonna be in the game. Um, yeah, and, and it's like you got the road to elite. I even said this. It was like. This feels like the beginning of a game. It's like if you've ever played World of Warcraft, which I've probably played it for a total of about 10 to 15 hours. When you buy the game, you know, it is very, like, basic. This is your starter, and then you have the expansions, and then you have the kits. And it feels like AEW is going that line of thinking on their uh, game. So I am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to if, like if they do a Forbidden Dora Stadium, they do uh Arthur Ashe with the uh oh Arthur Ashe. Uh what is they call that in New York? Isn't it just Arthur Ashe Stadium? No, like what do they call the event? Grand, oh, Grand Slam. Slam. Yes. Grand Slam. Yeah, like those different arenas. I'm hoping that happens. I Miss mean, shit. Hopefully, uh, after all in eventually happens, we have that on there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different things you could want. But let me tell you, as a person that actually played WWF No Mercy, like when it was released, WWF No Mercy, WWF WrestleMania, or I guess it was WrestleMania 2000. Uh, NWO uh, versus the world, uh, WCW versus NWO, WCW, NWO world. Those were all of those games. I guess that was the Ukes or whatever family of games. Those are my favorite games ever. Ever. Like, I love Madden. Don't get me wrong. But when when those games were out, I would like design pay-per-views. We would just play and play and play. And it was just like, one of my favorite things, the moment I put this game in, the moment I played my first match because I bought the Elite Edition. So Dax and Cash uh, were a part of the first expansion. You get all the expansions when you buy the Elite Edition. So Dax and Cash came with it. First match I did was da- Dax versus Johnny Hungy. As soon as I started pressing the buttons, as soon as I started playing the gameplay, I was that age again i was in the late 90s early 2000s and i felt right at home it is so fun it is my favorite style of gameplay i don't want them to change a thing i i mean dude i just was like and i was like good fairly quickly once i adjusted because when i played it it was on the n64 so i was reaching for buttons that weren't there and but once i adjusted to the ps uh ps5 controller it was amazing i went through a road to elite with will hobbs i went i created my character which is always his name is chris anderson intense chris anderson i love him and uh he's the third member of ftr just kidding but uh, no, uh, no. I the first thing I did was create. I mean, I created my well, many other things I did. Created my character, and the first thing I did I noticed is that the creation suite is limited. It is like like you can't really make the person look like you unless you mm-hmm. look like one of the eight design faces in there, which is fine. The, uh, like face sculpting and you know that kind of stuff's not there. Yeah, Which, the image uploader I know people are very upset about. Yeah, and it's just like, again, this was a concept 
to game in less than three years. So they have a ways to go as far as the creation suite. And they might not ever do a community creation suite. You might have to do what we did back in the day. We would have to go online and people would set up and they say, well, if you want this person, use gear number 13 and all that stuff. You have to go look it up that way. But it's like for the game, the gameplay should be the most important thing of any game. Like all mm -hmm. the extras are great. The gameplay should be, in my, and I think it's the best wrestling gameplay I've ever played. It is my preference. Uh, I, I love the animation on it. I love, I know some people's like, it needs better graphics. I'm not a graphics guy. They look like the wrestlers that I'm wrestling with. So that works for me. I, I just really enjoy it. Like out of 10, I'd say seven out of 10 because I, I really have to, I have to take away for the creation suite. I'm like the fact that you don't have those face molding options that, mm -hmm. that really does. It, it really does take away from it. And, you know, even on the road to the elite, apparently as you go through each road, to the elite can be different, but it still yes. feels limited and all the options that you have. I'm not an online gamer. So I would like a more robust story and I would almost like another like a create a pay-per-view mode or almost like a GM mode if they right. had it. Yeah. Yeah, just be in like from what I've seen with the Road to Elite, each block, which there's four blocks, there's Road to All Out, there's Road to Road to Full Gear, there's Road to Revolution, Road to Double or Nothing. And each block has like three different different stories. So there's 12 like pieces of content basically in the game. Um, and the idea is like, you know, oh, well, you could get different ones in each run through, um, but you don't have much control over that, I would say. Um, like I said, I've enjoyed it. Um, the gameplay is a ton of fun. I have really enjoyed the way that it feels and getting adjusted to it is a bit of it takes some time, but like it is a lot of fun. Um, my biggest thing, at least as of right now, besides the creation suite that I really hope because like I said, they do. They have been talking about that uh, stadium stampede mode. We have seen issues with uh, servers, and we've had seen issues with connectivity and how like sometimes just basically stuff is happening on screen that is not happening in the game when you're playing online. So there's some there's some lag issues in that regard that um, definitely need to be adjusted for the servers, especially if you're going to do a thirty player uh, matchup in a server. So. That, that, more than everything, needs to be fixed. But finally having it, I love it, honestly. I'm enjoying it. I would agree with Floyd. 7 out of 10 at this point would be a decent spot. Um, if you're interested, IGN gave it a, a 6 out of 10. But the IGN writer also made a uh, year, of our, year of our tribal chief joke. So take his opinion with a grain of salt because he is clearly compromised. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, yeah, I, we've enjoyed Fight Forever. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to see what else they add to it. Um, and we'll move now over to, uh, the weekend AEW. So the one thing I want to mention, first of all, from last week's dynamite that we didn't get to cover one is that Ishii and Moxley kicked the shit out of each other. Two is that, uh, the sting just took a crazy table spot in the tornado tag main event. We didn't get Dr. Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho because Britt was unfortunately sick and couldn't be at the match, which then got pushed to this week's Dynamite, which we'll talk about. Um, but the one main thing I wanted to talk to Floyd about specifically for us to comment on was our first promo from a heel, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I want to get Floyd's thoughts on that promo from Jack. 
Uh, I'm never going to say. Uh, my thought process was it was I didn't believe him. Mm-hmm. And that and, and that's the thing. And um, for, I I came waiting for it, and I thought there was something that could be there. And I really wanted to see it. And I was like, maybe his natural personality is more heel than face. And I listened. And I, you know me, I love heels. I love bad guys. That's my thing. So I'm sitting there listening. And I kept waiting for it to reach another level. To make me really believe it. And I don't think he reached it. He felt like a kid playing like he's a bad guy instead of being a bad guy. Even even the I'm banging the hottest bitch felt forced. forced. Yeah. It almost feels like, because I've actually, I think Anna Jay is really good. It's almost like they probably should have let her cut the promo for him or maybe Christian cut the promo or something like that. Like, uh, but the only way he's going to get better is to go out there and do that. And I know some people are like, oh, man, he hit a home run. And if you thought that, I am never going to take anything away from you. But as a person that loves Hill promos, love Hills, like I think MJF is one of the best things in wrestling. And I love Christian. I could go through the list of all the Hill stuff. I don't even think he's at Austin Theory level. And I don't think Austin Theory is really good. Like, I think Austin Theory's okay to average. Right now, if I'm going first uh, promo, below average, but I'm going to say that's his first heel promo, and he's going to probably have Christian coaching him, and I if he, if he takes the coaching from the back, he has some of the greatest heel talkers in wrestling history in the back. I'm talking... Don Callis, I'm talking uh, Chris Jericho, I'm talking MJF, I'm talking if he listens to them yeah. and really buys into what he's doing, that's the whole thing. When you're doing that well, when you're doing the bad guy stuff well, I as a fan believe it. I as a fan start disliking you. And yeah. that's the whole thing. MJF and Christian have cut promos where even though I like bad guys, I come away like, dude, they didn't have to go there or uh, do this. I kind of hate them and I want them to get beat up. And I never felt that for him. Yeah. I will say, too, also, if you need somebody else to get like promo skills from, just take a walk over and uh, walk over to Collision and you've got one of the best in the game, CM Punk, right there. I'm just saying. Um, but regardless... There was one line I did like where he said, did I turn on Hook or did everybody turn on me? That's what I wanted him to really focus in on, was the way that the crowd and the way that the fans turned on him. Because he was he was considered a pillar. He got great reactions. He was getting beloved uh, responses. And then just all of a sudden, you know, the wheels came off. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's boring. Oh, he's bland. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's that. You lean into that, and there's real heat there that you can pull from. And I just felt like he didn't focus on that part as much. And then, like, when he moved from that point is when he talked about, you know, banging the hottest bitch in the game. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. See, and and that's the whole thing. It's like, 
I understand why he didn't go the way I thought he could because it was it's it's MJ ish ish, but he's like y'all, you know, like I always like in my head I had his first promo. I had an idea, and that's my fault. But like his first promo, I felt should have been like you have been treating me like I'm the underdog this whole time. Yeah, I was I was born in Hollywood. I had a silver spoon in my mouth. I was never the underdog. I was always the favorite. And I felt like you could go from there because he's yeah. attractive. You know, he, he's athletic. He he's does. A, he's got so many acc- accolades and reasons why you should hate him. Yes. Like he, he can't make me hate him. Yes. All he has to do is describe himself. And I hate him. You know what I mean? And I was just like, there it was i felt like the cadence wasn't there i mean like i'm trying to think on like all the reasons i uh, i like it, but i'm you know i've always said i'm a feel person i didn't feel it i didn't i i mean i was like oh that promo happened and because i started you know we do a show i started trying to listen again and break down all the reasons i didn't like it and it just comes down to this i didn't believe you Mm-hmm. You are, and by every intents and purposes, by what the world decides, you are better than most of the audience, right? Mm-hmm. You are everything that most of the people in the audience want to be. And so it seems like being a heel should be very easy because all you have to do is tell them. And it was just like, even the I'm banging the hottest bitch, it was like, I'm, I'm stuck on that line because it sounded terrible. You get to have sex with Anna J, and you. I didn't even believe that. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, the jungle, the jungle boy is still in the boy. For, like, make like you gotta like kick us in the face and tell yeah. us you're a jungle man. Yeah, it is it, it, like, dude, like, after, like I believed he was with Anna J until the moment he said he was with Anna J, and I'm like, are they really together? I don't think they're really together. Dude, he, they, he got he yeah. got the most heat when he he posted the announcement picture that they were together. That's when he got the most heat was just posting a picture of them two together and being hot and attractive and making out with each other. And then all of a sudden he got so much heat. So that shit works, but you gotta like like really drive the knife home, but. I don't want to dig on him too much again, like I said. I was just curious about that one point. And the only other thing I would mention, too, is can we give a shout-out to the Dark Order? Reynolds, Silver, and Uno were outstanding in that trio's match against the Elite. And honestly, I looked at Hangman like a cowboy bitch. Like, these guys are upset about you leaving them high and dry. You're like, I can't hurt you. It's like, motherfucker, fight. Fight. These guys want you to fight him, and you're all like, I can't do this. I gotta go upstairs. Like, get your shit together, Hangman. What the hell are you doing? Young Bucks are willing to fight these guys. You you can't get over it? You barely saw these guys at all. You kept your damn distance. You can't fight these guys? Come on. And Uno and Reynolds and Silver did outstanding, I just gotta say. You don't get to see the Dark Order do much at all, but they really took this opportunity and they did a damn good job of it. I know the Dark Order is a dead franchise and a dead uh, uh, faction, honestly, but they did a damn good job, I have to mention. So the Dark Order, yeah, they were amazing. And this is what it comes down to. Hangman calls the Dark Orders his friends, but he doesn't respect his friends as wrestlers. Like, that's it. It's like, if he thought his friends could wrestle... 
you know, if he thought he respected them as wrestlers, hey, he'd win with them, he'd lose with them, he'd call them. But he tried to protect them. You can't handle the Blackpool Combat Club. You're not good enough for the Blackpool Combat Club. And he went to his better friends. The crazy part is, when he went to find his better friends, their first match together, they lost. For real. So, so the Dark Order's like, dude, you ran to them because they were supposed to help you. And you lost. So why are they better than us? And and it's like Hangman's kind of a dick. Hangman mm-hmm. is kind of a dick. I don't even want to get in on just the the mm. the bit of issue because I know you sent the tweet over about the uh, the BCC and Elite storyline. Uh, I don't even want to get into that much much uh, at least until we get into Dynamite Collision from this. Yeah, episode. but no, it's like it's seriously. Uh, I'm just talking about how Hangman is being presented on TV. Yes, I am reacting to how he's being presented on TV. No backstage, nothing like that. How the character is being presented is that Hangman's kind of a dick to his friends. Yes, that's exactly my thought process. I love my other friends for these friends. And it's like, and he's like, well, and, and they have a problem. And he's like, well, I don't know what to do. Yes. Stop being a dick. That's what you do. Yes. <laughs> like, say, I'm sorry. I chose them over you. Be be clear. But no, he's not, like, as the hangman person, is not a very good person. Like, because you really shouldn't have to pick friends over another. He's like, all of us can be friends. But he's like, no, I only can bring friends with one set of you. You know, and it's like. Yeah. Oh, I know you were there for me when they didn't want me, but yeah, now I'm going back. It's it's like it's like I'm going to use a dating example. It's like when you break up with a girl and then you find a rebound, right? And the rebound's for there for you and she cooks for you and she cleans for you. Then your old girl says, I want you back, and you're like, Oh my bad. It's not even it's not even like it's like I want it's not not even like your old girl was like I want you back. It's like you saw your old girl actually doing some stuff and you were like, I want to get back with her because yeah, yeah, like yeah, she's yeah, all of a sudden yeah. popping. No matter when you go back to the old girl, the new girl is not going to understand. Yes. You, and you are a dick. <laughs> you might be doing what's best for you, but you're still a dick. <laughs> so Hangman mm-hmm. is still a dick. It's it's so funny because I felt like at some point he could have been like the top baby face in the company. And his, oh, yeah. he, he's kind of, he's not booked into oblivion. He's still, I mean, people still pop for him and everything, but it's just like, he doesn't feel as hot anymore. And it's just that's like, that's what I'm saying, dude. And again, if we are genuinely trying to build to this like mega feud between the elite and uh BCC, I mean, and uh, uh, F- CMFTR, like, listen, CMFTR have to be the heels. So I need Hangman to be presented in a way that is like likable and doesn't make him look like a prick. Because that's all I thought about was just like, dude, like you can solve this whole thing and like make peace with the Dark Order and all that kind of stuff. But like they have every reason to be pissed off on you and you're not making it better. <laughs> it's just straight up. Yeah, I need to I need CM Punk and FTR to be the bad guys and people hate him. And the Bucks and Hangman to be the good guys. This whole system, system with the Dark Order is making Hangman not look like a good guy. So they need to fix it. Yeah. But that's all we'll really leave on last week's Dynamite. Um, 
Now, getting into collision from this past week, um, again, it was it was an all right sec- uh, episode of Collision, I will say. Um, but they haven't done the best, I will say firmly, of like giving people reasons who like people who watch Collision to tune in the next week. You know what I mean? I think me and Floyd both agree on that, where it's like, you know, like for me at least, I'm excited because I know what we're building towards with that uh, whole Owen Hart tournament, uh, especially what got confirmed on last week's episode with the uh, main event match. Um, But other than that, there wasn't a they don't give a ton of reasons as to like why you should tune in this week. They are because of what the main event will be for this week's uh, collision. But for the past couple episodes, it's like people are like, oh, look at the dip in numbers. I'm like, I get it because like, look, just the fact that CM Punk's on it isn't going to be the whole driving factor of the show. When I talk about wrestling growing up, I can talk about a few matches in the 80s and the early 90s that I remember. But I can tell you all about the storylines that I remember growing up. You know, like uh, Sting being a horseman, Luger uh, being a horseman for the ball, and then Wyndham eventually, and then the fallout with Ole and Magnum TA and the Midnight Rider. I could talk about storylines all life. And it's like people love pro wrestling. I completely agree with Dax when I read that he said that today. But the problem is pro wrestling, when it's perfect, is a soap opera and a sport, right? Mm -hmm. I don't feel like there's a lot of soap opera on, on, um, on Collision right now. It feels like it's just a sport. I don't get the soap. And we need a little more soap. And Again, I was very honest on the worst way that the first episode of Dynamite can end was with CM Punk, uh, you know, just winning. And then they, the second episode when they lost, I was like, man, that should have been the first episode. And unfortunately, the ratings are falling right now. And, and of course, they're building a brand. They're building a Saturday Night brand, and I'm hoping they can get back. But the worst thing you can do as a fan this is not me talking as an expert. I, I don't run TV. I've never worked in TV. This is what I'm talking about. As me talking about other friends. Make it where people don't feel the need to watch it that day. Yes. And, and dude, you'll understand. Like, all my wrestling fans I knew watched it week one, right? And I saw the sentiment go away in week two. Like, we had a, a group chat, and it was on fire week one. Week two, barely anyone there. Week three, not a single post. Because people love wrestling, but the soap opera is what they want to talk about. And right now, we're not getting a lot of that on the collision. And I just think that part of it has to be ramped up a little bit. Like, to this week, it's going to be an amazing wrestling show you got cm punk wrestling you got ftr wrestling but ftr is the face of one of your show they're clearly in the front cm ftr clearly in front they are your tag team champions we are going into week three and they have not defended the tag team titles we are going to make it to week four and they have not defended the tag team titles what's going on Mm mm-hmm like, we need we need feuds, we need storylines, and like I said, we know what we want, like down the road, but like we're not gonna get CMFTR versus the Elite immediately. 
that will come in due time. But you got to give us at least something like in that meantime. Yeah, you got to give us something hot. And like I said, I mean, you got I mean, I could give you a hundred ideas, but they're just ideas from a fan. As a wrestling person, you have this amount of history to pull from. And I'm saying make Saturday appointment viewing. And I know you're not going to do that in three weeks, but your first three weeks should be appointment viewing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's first three weeks should be, I got to watch it. You, you got to come out with the bangers the first three, four weeks. And unfortunately they did not come out with the bangers the first three or four weeks. It, mm-hmm. And and it's like, it's like, I'm not critical because they have put on a show. I like, mm-hmm. but I am a wrestling fan and I love wrestling and I watch everything that AEW puts on. So I'm going to be one of the 400,000. If they get down to 100,000, I'll be one of the 100,000, right? Right. What I need is I need somebody to talk to about this show. So you need to bring in my friends so I can have someone to talk about the show with. And, yeah, I don't think the first three weeks have been anything but a really good wrestling show. And somebody might get, like, they might say, what do you mean it's just a good wrestling show? I don't remember the last time just being a good wrestling show has drew anybody. Mm-hmm. ROH got sold, and every week it was a good wrestling show. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like, don't get me wrong. I watch ROH on the show, and all I think is every week, I'm like, this is a quality wrestling show. Impact has put on quality wrestling shows, and that's the whole thing. Quality wrestling shows I can watch on Sunday morning. Quality wrestling shows I can watch on Monday morning. I don't need to stay home for a quality wrestling show. Right. And, no, you know, this whole idea that the family gets together and watches TV, who does that? When I was in yes. with my family, everybody had a different screen watching TV. Everybody had a different screen watching TV. No one watches, sits down and watches TV as a family like that. So you have to give each individual person the reason to watch the show. I'm not asking them to bring in 2 million or people. I actually don't even know what the number it is. But make compelling television. And right now, not really compelling. Samoa Joe and CM Punk dream match. That's a dream match for me and you. Yeah. But I don't think it's a dream match for Jason. And I don't like my friend Jason, who I always say is a casual. And I don't think, I think they kind of went into the history of CM Punk, but they need a better video package. And he owns the tape. Yeah. He owns the tape. So, dude, you got to have a better video package online showing why people should care about CM Punk and uh, Samoa Joe. Show Samoa Joe repeatedly beating CM Punk and that he's never won the match. Because right now, only my wrestling friends care about the match Sunday, Saturday. Yeah, that's that that alone. Like I said, and I'm expecting Collision to improve. Um, but yeah, for, for the first couple of weeks, where you really need to get like people hooked to be able to get a consistent audience base for that show, uh, it's been it's been rough firmly. And it's not like there wasn't good stuff on there. Like Floyd said, like. Ethan Page coming out and just ripping MJF on the microphone, doing a damn good job. 
uh, on the mic and then having a solid match with him for the dude, uh, world title. Dude, that's the Ethan Page I've been waiting for. Yes. I thought that segment was great. And I like I said, when people have talked about Collision this week, that's he has been what everyone is talking about. Ethan Page, Ethan Page. I've always said, you gave me a wrestling company and a little bit of money, I would build my company around Ethan Page because there's nothing he's not good at. Yeah. So, and he's very good at the marketing and promotion side of professional wrestling. And when he cut that promo and he said, people ask me, like, I had to leave my wife and all that. I'm like, oh, my God. I just felt it. It was just this fiery yeah. baby face promo. And it was really, really done well. I, I want to shout out Ethan Page. And then they put on a really good match. And, uh, and MJF, again, prodigy, phenom, whatever words you want to use for him. This dude's exceptional. And he he was eighty he was he was TV Ric Flair back in the eighties he really was yeah he, he he worked the knee I I was just like I was transported to watching Ric Flair on the Superstation TBS on Saturday nights at six oh five I was transported in that moment and him like him working the leg and him having a fiery hometown guy that's trying to win and then him just losing. God, I love wrestling. Yeah, for real. Um, and then, yeah, the main event was good, too. And like I said, it, I'm so fucking excited for CM Punk versus F- uh, versus Samoa Joe. I'm literally re-watching the original matches again uh, online because I love I love those series of matches. I, I love them so much. Um, but, yeah, I'm just hoping, basically, Collision gives, like, even more reasons to watch because, like, what they've got basically planned for uh, this upcoming episode is solid, but I'm just waiting for the like the, the like, heat and the reason episode, to care. The Saturday, this collision episode should have a special name. It sh- should have some kind of this is collision, whatever, because you have all your major stars of collision working this weekend, wrestling this week. So yeah. it, sh- it should have like a special draw name. To get people to let them know this is a big episode, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, or they would they, they do the uh, uh, for some reason it keeps escaping me, but like Grand <clears throat> Slam or Spring Break, this should be like Collision, I mean, Great American Bash or whatever. I know, I'm I know that's not a name they can use, I'm just throwing out a name that design to get people to. You know, stay home this weekend. Like, I won't even be watching Collision live this weekend. Uh, I'm I'm out of town. I won't even be watching live. But you should give everybody at home reason to watch live. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We'll move over now, though, to talking about Dynamite, which just aired from Edmonton. Uh, I saw Floyd's tweet about this, and I love it, too. Darby Allen has basically become the, like, king motivator backstage because before the, the opening match between uh, uh, Limitless Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus uh, Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy, Darby basically goes like, look, I know you don't want to team up with Swerve, but look, you were one the time one of the most dominant champions here. You feel like you've been lost in the shuffle since you guys lost the tag titles. Do something about it. Even if you have to win this match two-on-one, pull your head out of your ass and take this seriously or you can just sit on the apron and cry about it, and I'll see what uh, Keith Lee ends up showing up. To which Keith Lee responded with, ballsy. Stupid, but ballsy. Like, 
yes. Like, I loved that. I loved how they used that. Um, and I saw Floyd talk about, like, basically, like, yes, Darby Allen is the king motivator back. Because like, he, he did it, yeah, like, when they were having the Sammy thing and he was telling Sammy he needs to leave the JAS and all that stuff. And I'm just like, he wants, he doesn't just want to win. And, and I think this is a ba- very baby face thing to do, very good guy thing to do. He doesn't want to win. He wants you at your best, and he wants to work wrestle you at your best, and he wants to beat you at your best. He doesn't mm-hmm. want the sad, blah, blah version. He wants the pissed off, angry, best version of you. So when he beats you, he beats someone. And that's what he did with Keith Lee. He was like, dude, you know what? You, you, you're not things. And he said everything every wrestling fan was thinking about Keith Lee. He went to gray hair. He did this. It sounded like he was like, I don't like, I don't know anyone's personal life as far as his. It sounded like it felt like he was going through something like an identity crisis. He didn't know who Keith Lee was after he broke up with Swerve in Our Glory. And it like tonight when he took that Grizzly Magnum and put it right on Orange Cassidy's chest, I was like, okay. And tossed Darby uh, Allen like yeah. halfway across the ring. And I was like, this dude is special. This is Keith Lee. This is the guy I think could be the AEW champion one day. And it, he reminded me. And it, it, it didn't really need Garby's promo, but you saw the fire in him again that seemed to be gone for a few months. No, I, I loved it, honestly. This opening match was great. I especially loved how Swerve like accidentally hit Keith Lee, but then did it again. And I'm like, okay, at some point, this stops becoming an accident. You are just actively trying to beat up everybody. Um, but regardless though, because of that, uh, Swerve and Keith Lee were breaking down and then Orange Cassidy proceeded to hit a diving DDT on, uh, Swerve Strickland last supper on, uh, Swerve by Darby and, uh, Darby and, uh, Darby and Orange Cassidy, uh, advanced in the blind eliminator tag team tournament, which is what took place here. Um, and yeah, and honestly though, it was a hell of a start. I thought everybody in this match was outstanding. And like I said, these guys all together are like like in my top 10, I feel like, of AEW guys currently, I feel like, because they are all so freaking good. And I'm glad to see Keith Lee be able to do stuff like like we know he can and just really captivate an audience because like no one can do it like he can. And like it's just so cool to be like – like Floyd said, like Darby seemed to have legitimately woken something up in him, and he just decided, I'm going to let loose, and it was great. Um, and it was also cool to see the little Nick Wayne package where um, they did confirm he has turned 18, and Darby Allen has helped him uh, get a contract with AEW, so he'll be actually making his AEW debut next week on Dynamite. So I'm excited to see how that goes as he'll take on Swerve Strickland. Swerve. So, and hearing, Darby, hearing Darby vouch for him, too, was always, like, it makes you want to root for the guy, too. Swerve is so smooth. Like, some of those moves today was so I know. Cool. Like, when he went off of Keith Lee's back and then did the kick and even the moves that he hits, it's just like, dude, it looks effortless, even though you know it requires a ton of effort. It is so, like, to, like, not a lot of people can wrestle cool. You know what I mean? Wrestling is a very, you know, like gymnastic athletic sport. You can look tough. You can uh, you can look tough. You can look athletic. You can look fast. There's a whole bunch of different ways that you can look. 
yeah. Swerve fits into a one-on-one group of some style. He is cool while wrestling. Yes. He moves in such a way that is unique from everyone else. He can do a move you've seen 15 times on the show, but the way he does it, the way he just, the way he does his body, it's going to look different. Like when he did the kick on, uh, he did the kick on um, uh, Keith Lee with the spinning kick. Uh, that's basically Trouble in Paradise. Uh, it's yeah, it's Keith, uh, it's Kofi's move, right? But the yeah. way he did it. It took me a minute to realize that he had just done Trouble in Paradise because he does it in such a unique way. I didn't even know what to call the move. And then I was like, I know. oh, that's Trouble in Paradise. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, no. He's, I feel like if I, TK needs to be paying attention because the crowd is reacting to him. It's Swerve's house. And he felt like he was always good. But I feel like his wrestling his performances have leveled up over the last six months. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jungle Boy got chased off then again by Hook trying to kick his ass as he tried to hide once again in his car. Um, and um, and again, like I said, th- this was a smaller promo, but like he's like, you know, I'm not some thug from New York, Hook. If you want to handle this, we're going to do it in the ring like professionals, and I'm going to TK to demand a FTW title match. He gets jumped, and then immediately jumps back into his car and runs off. Uh, again, I'm waiting for like another full straight-up promo from Jungle Boy before I go continue on like his promo abilities or stuff like that. I don't even want to continue down it at this point. So you know what we need from Jungle Boy right now? And it changed Mick Foley's career. We need to to sit down with Jim Ross. There it is. Pre-recorded. They can edit it. They can stop it. They can do multiple takes. takes, Multiple takes. They need to sit down, and I don't care if it takes 20 hours. Get it right. Reintroduce who this new Jack Perry is. Because it's important that you reintroduce this new Jack Perry right. Show his motivation. Show who he really is. Get past the Jungle Boy thing, and sh- uh, and really sit down and show his motivation. You got Rampage uh, if you want to do it on there. Uh, you could even do it as just like a segment, like a section of on the uh, AEW YouTube and put it out that way. It just has to. You have to get it right. And I don't also, know too, I will say firmly that's what I feel like. I feel like that's what also. Um, jr should be doing at this point i think commentary wise like i'm okay i'm okay if he doesn't commentate again because he really doesn't have anything else to prove but he's so good at like those personal stories like in being attached to him so those backstage interviews like sit down interviews like he does shine in those and i want to see i think what floyd's offering is something that could really help ironically both guys yeah, it gives Jim Ross a spot. It reestablished Jungle Boys the Hill. I don't know if he needs someone to write it for him. I don't know what he needs to do, but I I think I think a good five, ten minute segment or whatever, uh, or break it up over the show. Right now, that's what he needs. He's not really great live on the mic right now. And I think he can get there. I I I am not a person that's gonna say somebody is irredeemably bad. Ever. I think everybody, if you try hard enough, you can improve. 
And it, it has to become, because even Jungle Boy said, I never cared about promos. I never wanted to be a great promo. It was all about the entering work. And when he cuts a promo, you can tell that fact. Yeah. So slow it down for him. Let him tell his story. Establish who this new Jungle Boy is. Tell me why you're better than Hook. Tell me why you deserve the FTW title. Tell me why, why, why you're going to be the guy and make me believe it. Yeah, for real. Um, the Acclaimed had a decent, like, a, just a quick little match against the Blade and the Bollywood Boys and then got called out by uh, Haley Cameron from QTV, basically, um, saying that they were going to do a thing next week. Uh and yeah, I mean that that there wasn't really much else to add to that. This was just kind of there, I will say. Um, but what I do want to mention is, can we also give a shout out to our boy Eddie Kingston? He beat Kenta for the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship in Tokyo at the Independence Day show, and that dude was an emotional wreck after that. Like he said, a guy who's watched New Japan when he was 14 years old and finally got to wrestle in Japan, wrestle for New Japan in Tokyo and won the New Japan Strong Openweight title off of Kenta. Like, he was getting hugged by one of his best friends in Homicide as well after the fact. And it was it was amazing. Like, just seeing Eddie Kingston that happy made me just feel for him so, so much. Um, so, people I have thought, As I say, people have thought his career was over multiple times. I know from that moment of having to sell his wrestling boots to pay rent. I mean, I mean, that's a story. You hear stories like that in wrestling all the time, but to cut a promo in a, uh, at an indie and literally like, you literally don't know where you're like your next paycheck's coming from. And you like, you cut a promo on Cody and you know, from that promo, it's like, Oh God, Eddie Kingston's really good at this. Let's bring you in for a match. Oh, we're going to bring you in for one match. Oh, they bring him in for one match against Cody. He cuts an amazing promo. He cuts an amazing promo, and then they have a match. By the end of the year, he was literally main eventing a pay-per-view. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't have a job. By the end of the year, he was main eventing pay-per-views. By the end of pandemic, he was main eventing a pay-per-view. And, yeah. like, when you talk about a person that like in real life, I don't like, I don't know like all the stuff he's done, how much of it's real, but a person that says it's, you can say it's never too late. No matter how far you can get down, you can always come back. You look at Eddie Kingston. He is a motivator. Don't give up on your dreams. Keep trying. You get to this point, wrestling in Japan, in Kurikan Hall, winning, uh, winning a new, a new Japan uh, world title. I mean, yeah, I, cu I couldn't be happier for him. This is uh -huh. all about him. But it's like, dude, yeah, Eddie is like, yeah, Eddie's a motivational poster. Uh, just don't give up. You know, keep trying. If you're really, really good at it, it'll come through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was a quick little moment where they did another blind eliminator tag team uh, announcement, which was basically Matt Hardy finding out he was teaming up with Jeff. Jarrett, uh, which was funny. Um, Murder grandpas, angry grandpas. <laughs> angry grandpas backs, basically. Yes. Then Chris Jericho makes his way out um, and um, 
has a bit of a babyface promo almost in Edmonton and um, Alberta. Uh, and was really building up where he started his career in Alberta and all this types of stuff. And he's like, rem- it's remembered this was what it was like when he first started wrestling and the passion and fire he had. And he's like, you know what? Wrestling is still everything to me. And now it's time to become a better Chris Jericho. This is where I feel resurrected here in Alberta. And he gets interrupted by Don Callis, which I have to say, his fucking entrance music just being a just low droning is hysterical. Um, I just loved. I, I just felt like it was like, oh, someone fell asleep uh, hitting the inception key, and just like like their head hit the keyboard, and that was just what they were playing. It was very funny. Don Callis basically goes through and just tries cutting a promo, but the crowd's booing the shit out of him, and he said uh, all this stuff and being like, getting trying to get Chris Jericho to join the Don Callis family, talking about how you know when him and Kenny Omega got together at the Tokyo Dome. That was like one of the key moments that helped bring him here and then helped make AEW get hot. So he's like, you know what? We can continue doing stuff like that. Join the Don Callis family. Uh, And Jericho was like, you know what? I don't join factions. I create them. So if you're seriously asking me to join you, my one word answer is maybe. And then walks out of the ring and leaves it at that. Um, this was a solid segment. I thought it was a good, uh, bit of work there. And it's, it's interesting at least to see like where it's going to go. Um, because Don Callis has heat there that cannot be denied, but obviously the heat stems from what happened at Detroit, what happened at double or nothing with him and Kenny Omega. And it's just kind of like, we're waiting for that point where we can really just dig into that heat between those two guys. And then get the whole thing. And, of course, we're getting blood and guts at the TD Garden, which will definitely add to that for sure. Um, but the idea of Jericho being involved in this as well is intriguing, and I'm wondering what they decide to do with it. But I thought this was a good segment. Yeah, I, and I'm very intrigued on who else is going to be a member of the Don Callis family. Like, uh, if they're going to try to go a tag team, if people are going to turn. I I, I just, it. This is this is soap opera. This is soap opera. The Don Callis family tonight was the most intriguing thing for me. The fact that he said he was going to get a new family, and I just thought it was going to kind of just be with the BCC. Thought he might be the new voice of the BCC. No, he's doing his own thing. So now I have a reason to tune in next week to see who's going to be a member of the Don Callis family. That's what you need in wrestling. Give me a real reason. And I'm not talking about great matches. Great matches are great. Don't get me wrong. But you need the other angle to keep them in. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, absolutely. Like people, people talk about Judy Bagwell on a pole match, right? And they, they, they bury it. But guess what? You remember it. There's a yeah. sense of that. Yeah, but at the end of the day, too, it's like wrestling is not just the athleticism and the matches and yeah. the yeah, it's it like, is the stories. It yeah. is the character work. It is the promos. It is the segments. It is the heat. It is the fuse. Yeah, it was Mike Awesome, the fat chick thriller. Hey, it was a terrible storyline. Terrible. But guess what? I remember it. <laughs> like I like, dude. I want to see where this is going. This whole thing with Don Callis was a little ten minutes, ten fifteen minute segment between him and Chris Jericho. And guess what? They have intrigued me for next week. If I yeah. wasn't watching Dynamite, I have a reason to tune in next week already. Yes. 
then when there was a, ba- a medical update on Roderick Strong, because of course he lost his match against Samoa Joe on collision, and then after the match got just completely muscle like slammed through onto a chair and then had to be stretchered out. Um, and he was like, I feel great. I feel amazing. And Doc Samson was like, I understand that. We don't want to rush this, though. We're taking precautions. Adam Cole comes in basically being like, you feeling good? And then he's like, you got to be careful, dude. It's like, Roderick's like, you know, what's the deal with you and MJF? He's like, don't worry about me. I'm worried about you. Everything's under control. I made it clear to him I have boundaries. And then he's just like, hey, uh, he gets a text from MJF. You ready to hit that double clothesline tonight or what? And he's just like, ridiculous. All right, I'm going to go get ready. Um which led into the blind uh, eliminator tag team tournament match between Adam Cole and the AEW World Champion MJF versus the Butcher and Daddy Magic Matt Menard. Holy shit, this was so much fun! MJF being the most obnoxiously like like babyface that he's ever been, uh, hugging Adam Cole, doing his entrance uh, pose with him, the boom, and then running around him in circles before they do the Adam Cole baby. Like it was amazing. People are loving this, and they know it won't last long, but they want it to last long because they're having so much fun with it. Um, but they know Adam Adam Cole is going to get jumped by uh, MJF, and it's just going to everything's going to go all wrong. It's going to be sad. But you know what? We got the T-shirt out of it that looks great. And yeah, this dude, was dude, so he, much fun when he's doing the abdominal stretch and he asks for his hand, and then he yeah. finally does it. Do it, do it. Fans cheered for someone cheating. Yeah, for real. The wrestling is fucking weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, no, but MJF is one of those people, like, everyone knows he's a shitty, shitty heel, so, but his performances are always next level, this match was another one, he, you took a nothing match where you knew who was gonna win, and he made it super entertaining, and then it turned into a segment. Yeah, the the birthday segment as they got him, uh, them singing happy birthday, and MJF was flexing his vocals. Um, though he picked a key too high, I will say, MJF, come on. You were way out of, you, you, when you were trying to go towards the end of that dude, you picked a key that was way too fucking high. Don't stick in your lane, bro, for real. Um, but eventually, you know, it's like, Adam Cole's like, this is a lot, though. And as they bring out birthday stuff and they fire off, uh, like streamers and stuff like that he's like you gotta make a wish make a wish and adam cole has got a cake and he's about to blow out the candles and mjf's is looking in the camera like i'm gonna shove his face in the cake watch this i'm gonna shove his face in the cake and as he blows out the candles he goes to do it adam cole then turns him around throws him into the cake and he's like you got me and he's like good cake you know what max honestly this is really nice of you for you to do all this for my birthday and thank you my friend and everyone was like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, segment was the most entertaining part of the entire night. Absolutely no question about it. Dude, uh, yeah, and um, just, yeah, it was legit. <laughs> legit, uh, legit his birthday. You know, it's like it was really his birthday. So happy birthday, Mr. Uh, Adam Cole, a.k.a. Austin Bye-bye. Jenkins. I guess that's what it is. Whatever. Uh, yeah, happy birthday! So that that was really really cool uh, that uh, they they got they got to work it in there. I actually thought you know like you know they got a really good show tonight. Like a really like uh, there was a lot more 
there was a way more sports entertainment in this show tonight than wrestling. But it I felt like it still ended up feeling equal at the end. Yeah, it did. And um uh that that was continued as you had a pretty solid match afterwards between Britt Baker and Ruby Soho, I will say. It was pretty solid. Um uh the use of I, uh, I need Rebel back. I need something. Yeah. Like yeah, the Britt fl- Baker, yeah. It, it blatantly being three on one just took me out of the match about halfway uh-huh. through it. I I, I understand bad guys cheat but god it was so freaking obvious that it wasn't even like like it felt like the referee was catching them and all that stuff it just we're not doing nothing i just thought it was just i mean okay it's another instance of like where the baby faces have no friends yeah and and they're stupid because literally brit was a heel that played the numbers game but she didn't come prepared for a heel they played the numbers game. It's yeah. like with Adam Cole. Adam Cole's a dick. He's a heel. So when MJF, M- Adam Cole was a heel. When MJF went through his cake in his face, like, guess what? That's what I would have done. So he was prepared for it because he's not a, he's not a fucking idiot. Britt just looks like she was just dumb. <laughs> this case, because I'm like, good Lord. You're just getting three on one. This is literally your uh, gimmick for the last two years. Did you forget? I, I don't, I like I said, I don't know. I want it, like, whether Ruby won or not. It's not the result. It's just that this kind of stuff, when it's just this blatant, can take people out of the storyline. Like, me, I just kind of, I remember about halfway through the match, around the fourth time they cheated, I just started looking at my phone, and I was just waiting for Ruby to win. Yeah, I understand that for sure. <laughs> it's again, it's just babyface logic, and it's always yeah, just like, like oh, it's come it's on. wrestling. It's wrestling. It's wrestling. It's going to be wrestling. It's just something that's always going to bother me and not bother anyone else as much as it bothers me. But I hate the babyfaces having no friends. It's like everybody in the fucking locker room should hate this group. So everybody should be willing to fight with you, but no, somehow you're about there by yourself. Yeah, but anyways, um, we then will then just move over to the main event, which was Kenny Omega versus Wheeler Yuta, and damn good match, damn good match. Um, Yuta and uh, Omega really laid it out against each other, and um, it's interesting just to see Kenny Omega be as good as he is right now, but like he's had like two singles losses recently like that in a, such a short amount of time too um and yuda was doing a damn good work of just really uh avoiding uh kenny and just uh trying to dodge the v trigger as much as he could um and yeah um then when don Callis then proceeded to run out near that though after he tried to get the seatbelt uh for another victory on him but he kicked out of it and then hit a v trigger Don Callis is held back by security. Takeshita then sneaks up behind him and hits him with a blue thunderbomb. And then that's when uh, Yuta was able to do a little splash and Kenny still kicked out, but then uh, Omega hit the one winged angel. And that's when Claudio, he got, he got the, he got the victory there. Um, But then he got jumped again. So it was, this match was big for Kenny Omega to finally get a singles win because he'd already lost two prior. He lost the Will Ospreay one. And then he lost. I can't remember the other one off the top of my head. Um, he gets jumped by uh, uh, 
Claudio. And uh, that's when uh, to catch them are going after him. He didn't. Lo- I don't think he lost a singles match. I just think no. he got. He took the pin in the state. Uh, the arena anarchy in the arena. I'm pretty sure he lost one more sin- singles match before that. I'm. I, I could be wrong. At least. Uh, I, I, I have to take a look at that because I, as far as I knew, he had only wrestled like two or three singles matches all year. So. Like, right, I know, and to like two of the three were against, uh, you know, Will Osprey. Uh, let's see, matches. I'm pulling. No, he up. lost. He lost the cage match in Detroit. Yeah, John Moxley defeats Kenny Omega. Yeah, yeah. So those are the two singles matches yeah. he's lost in the span of a month. Yeah, the cage match kind of blended with Anarchy Arena. A mind. little bit, yeah. yes, a little bit. Yeah, so no, uh, I completely no, I'm completely wrong. I'm not saying I'm not wrong, but in my brain they just kind of blended yeah. together. But yeah, but as but as Takeshita and Claudio are jumping them, that's when the Young Bucks and and Hangman come down and they're about to, they even up the odds. They hit the BTE trigger. Uh, they were running through it as quickly as possible because God, this show went over like it went over on time, and they had to rush. So much so that like one of the final spots of the show didn't even get on TV for a lot of people because they were running so low on time. And that was when they had Hangman looking to hit Claudia with the steel chair. And that's when the Dark Order ran and pulled the chair out of Hangman's hands. And that's what the final moment of the show was beforehand. Um, So, Hangman, make amends with your friends and say you fucked up. Otherwise, you know, they're going to be like, hey... Fuck you, you've you've pissed them off. So um, it was a good it was a good finish, but they were they ran over, and I I'd like to think that I think the birthday segment went over because I always like to think that you know like similar to the this is your life segment for WWE, the fun stuff just got too much fun and ran over on time, and that's what caused them to be like like I think it was like literally ten oh three ten oh four four minutes over by the time they finally went off the air. They could have. Um, they could have very much cut time from that Brit match in the uh, like. At, like I said, at some point, it was just like, when are they going to cheat again? Well, there's well, or that, or just the fact that again, like I said, the acclaimed were just there to be there. Like they fought the bo- the blade and the body boys. Like you know, I think well, the, the, the blade the blade is Canadian, right? I believe so. So I think they just wanted to. I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah like with Spears and Ethan. They wanted to get everybody a chance to work at home, so I get that. So yeah, but it was a solid end to Dynamite. I will say, um, we're just waiting for the heat to really kick in for some of these feuds, honestly. Um, but we do got a lot to look forward to. I will say for moving forward, uh, for for Rampage, we have it's going to be the hundredth episode of Rampage. We get uh, two blind eliminator tag matches. Uh, and it's Brian Cage and Big Bill versus Trent Rutter and Matt Seidel. Good to see Seidel back on TV. Brian Cage and Big Bill. I've been, I've been, I've been clamoring for a, a a big man tag team in AEW, like a giant dominant tag team. So I'm hoping Big Bill and Brian Cage can do that. Just like, and I, I like literally, I just want them to run through the match. I want them to win in like yeah. two minutes. For real. Um, you then have, of course, Jeff Jarrett and Matt Hardy, uh, versus Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. Uh, Jericho basically was like, Hey, you guys can't be under my wings forever. This can be your proof moment to kind of prove like, you know, how you guys can be leaders and stick out on your own and all that. Yeah. So Jericho pulled a hangman. 
I got yeah, offered a bit. I got offered a better opportunity. So now you're on your own. Go fly. Be on your own. You don't need me. Be free. You don't need me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got um, offered something better. <laughs> yeah. And then you get Hikaru Shida versus Marina Shafir. And then they're doing the Bucks and Hangman versus the Dark Order again. So I hope something's different. I mean, it's going to yeah, be a great I'm match, real. but yeah, I'm hoping the Dark Order does something, you know, dark. Yeah, or they just straight up win the match. Yes. I um, mean. but yeah, and then for Collision on Saturday, we're gonna have another uh, tag team uh, match. It'll be FTR versus Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson and Jay White. So if they win, it's a, a championship eliminator match. If they win, they get a future title shot. Um. Then you have uh, the semifinal matches for the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. Willow Nightingale versus Athena. Absolute Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. And CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Um, so there's stuff to watch, um, but it's it's we're feeling the effects coming off of uh, Forbidden Door for sure. Like we were on a high and now we're just kind of it, we're in a cool down period. It really does feel like I will say, um, but it doesn't matter because I get Joe and CM Punk again. And finally, Punk will win against C- uh, Samoa Joe for the, the rectifying the losses he's had all those years ago in Ring of Honor. I'll finally have CM Punk winning a match against Samoa Joe, maybe with some shenanigans, because this man's going to turn heel so fucking fast when he faces Ricky Starks. Yeah, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to this uh, and what this leads to. How he beats Samoa Joe, not like him beating Samoa Joe is great. How he beats Samoa Joe is going to tell you everything that you need to do. Uh, There, FTR versus Bullet Club Gold. I mean, I never want FTR to lose. Never want FTR to lose. But, you know, I think they need something. You do want him to defend the titles, though. Yeah, I do. I think you need something to make this feud a little bit more interesting. So maybe losing? I don't know. Best tag team in the world. You know, that kind of thing. Um, No, um... You know, I'm looking at like everything, and it just looks like a really loaded episode of co- a collision. And it's just like it needs extra attention over the next two days to let everybody know that this is a new big episode of Collision. What it means to AEW. I mean, what do you mean to each of the people on it that there's stakes in every match? There's stakes in every match that's announced for Collision right now, and Maybe call it high stakes collision. Whatever you want to do, do it. Get people watching. Uh, try to get that number up. I know, like I know, like you know, ratings aren't supposed to be a thing, but ratings is how stuff stays on television. When people are like, yeah. I don't understand why wrestling fans care about ratings. That's how shit stays on TV. Shit yes. gets canceled when the ratings are gone. The show getting good ratings affects whether I get to keep fucking watching the show. I don't know how hard that is. (laughs) For real, dude. For real. Shows get canceled when people don't watch it. So yes, I'm going to comment on the ratings not to to do a victory lap. I want to comment on ratings because you need to fucking do better so people watch the show so you don't get canceled. Exactly. Like again, again, you've got people already being like, you know, like wrestling shows don't work on Saturdays no. anymore. Like it's just like, no, it can. Yeah, you just got to give people a reason to watch every week and yeah. keep yes. that interest coming 
week to week. Yes. It's what you build to your next show off of what you do this week. Yeah, Give I, them like payoff for what you teased and then tease again. Yes. I was uh, watching. I watch. You know, I always talk about how much TV I watch. So I watched about I had about 23 network shows th- this year uh, that I watched. I think 12 of them got canceled because of ratings. Uh-huh. That's 12 shows <laughs> that ratings def- directly affected whether I get to keep watching the show. So if yeah. you ask wrestling fans why they care about ratings, there you go. It's and also, too, we're in the era of streaming. Like, television is not the way that it used to be. So, like, right, yeah. when you put shows out on cable television, you got to make sure the ratings are going because if they're not, they will get cut so fast. So, and I am telling uh, everybody I can make sure you're watching Collision, Rampage. Come on, Spider-Man. Colliders. Come on, Colliders. Colliders. Watch it in a trackable way. I don't care what they track will weigh. I don't care if you have to log in with somebody else's account. Y'all don't care if if you have it or watch it in a way they can be tracked. Please do not just go download it from some burn site or go watch it on like Watch Wrestling or something. I love those sites. I use those sites, but that's not a trackable way for AEW to watch it. It's not gonna help, you know. So watch it on streaming sites. You know, get make sure everybody gets to watch the show again. I know I know not a lot enough people listen to the show for it to matter, but I'm still gonna say it. So hopefully, people that listen to the show repeated this to their friends. Watch TV, watch whatever you watch in a trackable way that somebody so that they can get a ratings point or whatever. And it's like I know because me personally, I know this. 400,000 people is the number for Collision. But I don't know anyone that I am wrestling friends with that didn't watch Collision like at all. The people are watching it. It's just they're not watching when they need to watch it in a way that it can be tracked. Yeah, that's that's basically it. That is basically <laughs> it. But uh, we got a couple other headlines, though, that uh, we want to mention. Uh, Floyd, if you want to get into that. All right. Uh, if you are from London, AEW says you're welcome for WrestleMania. Yeah, for real. Uh, so last week on WWE Money in the Bank from London, the O2 Arena. Oh, my God, the crowd was packed. I'm not going to review the show, but God, there's nothing like a UK crowd. I I've been saying this. I love London so much. Dude. I've been saying this for years before I ever decided I was going to a show in the UK that that's one of the dream places for me to watch a show. I saw 20,000 people make it feel like 50. So I only can imagine what it's going to feel like. When I think the number is like, they're like 112 under 75,000 tickets sold or uh, tickets distributed. That's how they put it for uh, AEW uh, All In. Uh, they expand it to where the whole top is available. So you can get 88,000 people there. So if you are in London, you're in the UK, anywhere in there, make sure you're in the building for the show. Let's sell that mother mother out. I I mean, if you can, you can afford to fly over there, do it. But, I mean, honestly, it's not feasible for a lot of people to go over there. So, And it was, it was funny because I mentioned 
that so WWE John Cena was on the money in the bank and he announced he didn't announce it. He says his goal is to get a WrestleMania in London, which I've all been for a WrestleMania yes. in London forever. I just think their crowds are just on another level. Uh, they're super appreciative and they'll be go fucking nuts for WrestleMania. So he's like, he wants everybody to tell everybody. And it's just like, people are like, well, are they doing this because AEW is doing it? Probably not. I think what they're, what it, what's happening is AEW was a proof of concept. It's mm -hmm. like, uh, it's like what the XFL is for the NFL. They're like, oh, we're going to try the new rule. We're going to roll the new rule out in the XFL, see if it works. If it doesn't really affect gameplay, we're going to put it in the NFL. Well, that's basically what AEW was for WWE. AEW, no, they, a, a WWE probably didn't feel like they maybe could move the tickets. AEW did a major show. They're, they're going to put 80,000 in their arena. WWE is like, okay, we got to do a WrestleMania here. And if that's the case, that's great. Because it's, I, I, the UK fan base is a very passionate fan base. I have a lot of friends over there that are very passionate about wrestling and they deserve shit. I have a friend named Simon uh, that has probably came over to America 15, 20 times for wrestling. It'd be amazing if he could stay home for a WrestleMania once. I've gotten to do it in Dallas, basically. That's the closest WrestleMania is ever going to get to Oklahoma. But, you know, it, it just cuts the cost and all that stuff there. And I, I, I very much plan on being there. UK, WrestleMania, UK, I very much plan on being there. It, it, I, it's just the WrestleMania goes international. That's where I want to be. So, yeah. yeah. No, uh, no, I like I said... If you're in London, just know AEW's probably the reason that there's a chance you'll get a WrestleMania. For real. And also, I need to be in the UK so bad. I just, like, I'm, I'm so happy the UK's getting stuff because y'all are awesome and fun and give great crowds and stuff like that. But, God, I need to go to the UK eventually. Dude, I've wanted to go for so long. I just need to find a time to be able dude, to make that. Dude, it, 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 it uh, combines two of your favorite things, watching wrestling and singing. Yeah, for yeah, real. Yeah, so yeah, and then I can go see a soccer match too. Yeah, be perfect. Ex exactly. Uh, and then Starcast is back. Um, it is. Uh, all all out weekend, uh, Labor Day weekend in uh, Chicago at the Hyatt Regency in that beautiful city we call Schaumburg, Illinois, the greatest place on earth, if you ask Floyd. Schaumburg, Illinois, Hyatt Regency. Uh, we're going to get StarCast. It's going to be over a few days. It's, it's what they do. Uh, platinum uh, platinum, and gold bracelets are going on sale Friday at 11. If you had a platinum at any other time, uh, you should have got an email. It's going to have a special code, and you can actually go buy a platinum ticket tomorrow morning, which your boy... Floyd will be buying his platinum bracelet tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. because I I was platinum for literally four of the five star cast, so exactly. yeah I didn't go to five because it was Nashville and I just couldn't make it. But uh, yeah, star cast is amazing. I I you will not find a bigger proponent, cheerleader, uh, uh you know a more positive voice. For Starcast than me, I met 
JR at a StarCast. I met Tyler at a StarCast. The first time I met Arlston and Sydney was at a StarCast. I am like Tiffany. <laughs> I'm like, For I can, literally my life, my life, the friends in my life, wrestling in my life. Most of the people that I've met, I've met at StarCast. Yeah. Me and I got to do a yeah. podcast with yeah. MJF because of StarCast. Uh, Grillo. Uh, Grillo was at all in with me in StarCast that weekend. Like everyone I like associate with, you know, has went through StarCast. Like people that worked StarCast that then ended up working for AEW. That's a real thing. So if you can, I again, I understand financial. You should always make the right financial decisions as far as your life. Yes. As far as paying your bills and all that shit, that should come first. Your kids and your wife or whoever should come first. But if you have the money or have a way to save, StarCast, I really feel is something every wrestling fan should experience it is a wrestling flea market it is the wild west it is beautiful they do all sorts of unique meet and greets i am beating the wall banging the chest yelling to anyone that will listen to me to have a cmftr meet and greet i don't even know if it's possible but good lord if it's possible Let's get that meet and greet done. I'll probably buy like two or three pictures. I'll go one through once with Austin and Sydney. I'll go once through Tyler, and then I'll get one on my own, dude. I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, I, I would be all over that uh, meet and greet. And yeah. it would be like, no, uh, I, I just like, dude, if you're not doing the faction team up meet and greets, you're not. What are you doing? Yeah, you're not doing what's. That's what Starcast does. It does the once in a lifetime. The Kenny, the Golden Lovers meet and greet. I got there. Uh, Cody and the Bucks. I got at a Starcast. Cody and Brandy. I got at a Starcast. I could go on because I literally, out of my book of wrestling, I have. Uh, I've met over a hundred. I've done over a hundred meet and greets at Starcast. That's not a like. Oh man. That, no, that's not exaggeration. That's a legit number. I think I was at like 137 of the yeah. meet and greets I've done over the uh, four uh, over the uh, four star cast that I'm into. I did 27 in one day at the first one. Yeah, 27 no. meet and greets. <laughs> no, for real, dude. And like we're we we're gonna see if at all possible we can do it because of course it is when football season starts. So I may firmly not be able to do any day of Starcast because of that. Um, so in which case we would just go to all out just the show itself. Um, but we'll see if we can make it happen. Cause we, we, we joked about like all things elite needs to go to Starcast podcast row. We're doing it up. Let's go. Yeah. All that shit. Um, I, if football season happens when I think it's going to happen, which yeah, yeah, should no, be like, going at that point. Yeah. It's, no, there's no way. It's always my saddest thing. Cause I've always said until AEW wrestling, Wrestling and football never crossed over until AEW. For real. So now I like before All In, I had went to Florida State's four first game, the three seasons before that. Right? Huh? <laughs> it ended at All In. Like I went to All In instead of went to the Florida State game. I was like, oh, it's a once in a lifetime thing. Uh, you know, I can skip a Florida State game this year. I'll be back. Two by 2019, All Out was the thing. Same mm -hmm. day as Florida State's first game. 
Then All Out was a thing again. Literally, Florida State game was happening during All Out. It's, it's like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, like, like I said, it's the only time that really football and wrestling intersects in my life now, and it's Labor Day weekend. So, And now WWE kind of throws on a show Labor Day weekend, too. Which, of course, AEW doesn't own Labor Day weekends. They don't. No one can own a day. But it just feels because WWE had never done it before. It feels kind of shitty. But, uh, no, if you can go to StarCast, I'm going to wrap it up. You can go to StarCast. Go to StarCast. I will be there. I will have my bells on. I will be yelling. I will have all my pink and black uh, uh, stuff on. And I just want you to know, yeah, you ever need a friend at a wrestling show, find old Floyd because... You know, I'll be there because that's where I get I, that's where I get all my friends from. <laughs> For real. Yeah. But and we're going to see if we can make it happen. But it's leaning more towards no. But regardless, we're going to try to make all all out happen. So, yeah. But anyways. That's going to do it for this episode of All Things Elite, guys. Thank you so much for joining with us and being patient as we try to figure out the schedule to make this show happen um, with the addition of another show. Um, we're going to get it pinned down for a day that we can do, do it consistently so that way we get the episodes out on a consistent basis. Um, but we'll keep you guys posted on that. Please make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or whatever platform you choose to listen to us on, Thank you, first of all, and give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and also leave a rating and a review and subscribe. Both of those things, all of those things, in fact, help this show out tremendously. On Twitter, we are at ATElitePod, at Social Suplex. Make this show possible, so give them a follow and a listen to any of their other shows. All of them are enjoyable. You will not be disappointed. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And I am going to rewatch uh, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Uh, all three matches. I'm going to rewatch those matches uh, leading up to Collision. Um, shout out to my fellow colliders. Uh, and I will let Floyd take us out on this episode of All Things Elite. Take us home. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone that listens, downloads the show. We appreciate you all. Shout out to Jackie. I always say hi to her because I know she's listening. Um, be nice to people. Social media is social media. Again, I've said this before and I will repeat it is a tool. Uh, tools can be used for good. Tools can be used for bad. I'd say use it for good. Uh, just be nice to people. Tell them that you're, uh, if you haven't seen them post in a while, tell them that you miss them. Tell them that you love them. Tell them that you, they, their posts or days make you smile or whatever. But just be a positive light out there in this uh, world, uh, like I said, uh, you may not be able to change the world, but you can change a life. And sometimes all it does to do that, to give somebody a smile, is a comment. So I will leave you with that. And what I always leave you with, whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. <laughs>